When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts, Dumb Dumbs and Dragons, Blood and Syrup, The Mythos Mysteries, Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy, and Curse Code and Crown, as well as three event podcasts with miniseries releases scheduled at random intervals. Dumb Scum and Villainy, One Shots, and the bad movie review show, Garbage Town the Movie Podcast. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content Content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pod, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merch dice today. Welcome back, Initiates, to the Mythos Mysteries, a live play Pulp Cthulhu podcast where improvisers and comedians venture into dangers beyond their wildest imaginings. I am H.P. Helmfirth, your host on this journey into darkness. The mystery punches have destroyed the second blood castle and are heading for the church. Caddy's deep one friend saved the party from drowning. Now Lafatep promised Richter his army would destroy the third blood castle, and Red learned that if they fail in their mission, now Lafatep will eat Adrian's soul. So venture forth with us, dear friends, into the mythos. The Great War changed many things, but for you, the Great War was spent solving mysteries. But of course, you had lives before that too, didn't you? In the beginning, Tracy, you had arrived at school. Do you think you're an early, a late, or an on-time kind of kid? Tracy, oh, late. Late? Okay, yeah. amazing. 
Um, so, uh, Tracy, you're having an odd sort of day. Um, and uh, an odd sort of day you had kind of determined at some point is the sort of day where things just aren't quite clicking. And as someone who kind of likes the world to make a degree of sense, uh, even if you have to punch that sense into the world, um, you just, you just kind of need it to click. Uh, you are making your way to school late as always, um, partially because you had yet another fight with your parents. Uh, they are hecka pissed that, uh, you always put up such a fight about your, your school clothes. Uh, you, of course, hate these school clothes and have secretly vowed to never have to wear anything flowy or uh, open-bottomed again because uh, it's drafty, uncomfortable, and just generally something you do not truck. Yeah. Um, Tracy, you've lived a, a fairly solitary life to this point. Your parents definitely don't understand you, and um, a lot of the kids at school definitely don't understand you. Uh, I'm curious what your hobbies are. Oh, um. <clears throat> My hobbies, I think, are uh, playing in the woods, uh, mm-hmm. like like climbing trees, getting dirty, anything outside. Like I feel like the days that I don't come home with like muddy knees and like scrapes and all, and leaves in my hair are days that my parents are more concerned. Um, uh, I think, yeah, hanging out with the mystery punchers, reading mystery novels in like a treehouse somewhere. Uh, yeah, basically doing everything that she can just like to not be inside. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Um, so, uh, she probably has like a frog collection somewhere. Amazing. Yeah. Just like in the woods and there's random frogs who jump. Yeah, Maybe that's like, possibly why like, you put up with sprinkles for so long. Cause you just fully get that instinct. Yeah. Like she has like a, like she created like a rock pen for them and mm-hmm. she puts them in and just like gets frustrated when they jump out and it's a whole thing. Amazing. Um, so part of the reason that it's an odd sort of day uh, is you had a fight with your parents, which isn't odd. Um, you didn't get a chance to visit the frogs today. You spent a bunch of time with them yesterday, so that's fine. Um, but it's an odd sort of day because today you are dealing with the concept of having a friend, which is a very strange place for you and ultimately not something you're entirely used to or comfortable with. Uh, this is going to be an odd sort of day because today is the first day you're going to school to meet a friend. Uh, you've never met a friend at school. Uh, you understand that fr- school is a place where friends are supposed to be, but this is the first time you've gone and there is one there waiting for you. Uh, he's a strange boy that you met yesterday while dealing with your frogs. Um, you were hanging out with your frogs. What do you think Tracy's favorite frog is? His name is Gerald. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, unlike all of the rest, he's like a bright green. Um, and he's the only one that doesn't try to escape immediately. Gotcha. Okay. Um, So yesterday when you were playing with your frogs, uh, you heard a a small voice uh, over your shoulder just say, that frog's too green. Uh, And uh, you turned uh, to find uh, just a a proper scamp of a kid, um, just like full on the freckles, um, the, the teeth that are just like slightly different sizes for some reason, um, mop of hair, um, that was clearly very well kempt when he left the house, but is now very unkempt. Um, and, uh, he's wearing, uh, clothes that are, um, clearly a size too big and well-worn. So very clearly hand-me-downs that are more a, this is what you get kid, not like a, this suits you kid kind of thing. 
Um, he's got his hands stuffed in his pockets, and um, he is uh, standing, I think, like closer than you're used to people standing, and also is like very much at home in your in your woods uh, and and staring at your frogs. Um, and um, how do you how do you turn to greet this kid? I think she turns around and says, "You want to fight about it?" Uh, and he just kind of like keeps his hands in his pockets and just kind of rocks back and forth on his feet and uh, says, "No." No, uh, I mean, you know, uh, uh, David was always saying that uh, you're not supposed to fight with family. I mean, that didn't stop him from punching me none. But, uh, you know, you're not you're not supposed to fight family Uh, anyway. uh, And they spits in his hand and he holds it out to you. He says, my name's Benny, Uh, Benny Jones. And I guess we're cousins, maybe because your name's Jones, right? She'll give him a very suspicious look. Um, but she can't resist a spit shake. <laughs> Understandably. Uh, I mean, so come on. like, yeah. So she'll spit in her hand, shake his hand and she'll like grip it, you know, hurt, you know, like with the strength of a young girl being like, this is impressive to you. Um, uh, and it is, he, he kind of goes, ow, ow, ow. That, that kind of hurts my hand. That's probably the worst thing that's ever going to happen to my hand. Um, and, uh, he, uh, he just kind of looks at it and he's almost doing like a Jackie Chan level, like Buster Keaton, like, Oh, that hurts so much. And like, you get the sense he's not at first you're worried he's mocking you, but then you realize he's, he's just doing a bit almost like for his own amusement, but like, he's not, there's no maliciousness in it. He just seems to be enjoying it. He says, but yeah, your, your last name's Jones, right? Yeah. My last name's Jones. And y- you're not. I mean, you don't live at my house or nothing, so you can't be uh, like a sibling or something. And David would have told me if, if we had like a, a, a cool other sibling. So, like, I think maybe we're cousins. I mean, I don't really know how that works, but like, yeah, Tracy, you are well aware. Like, your parents are very solitary people. There are no aunts and uncles kicking around. Uh, definitely not your cousin. Right. Okay. Uh. Uh. Like. Okay, kid, uh, I don't think we're cousins, but... Uh, Wait, you're telling me, and he like leans in real close with like that squinty eye thing. He's like, you're telling me there's more than one family with the name Jones? Yeah, that's how names work, stupid. <laughs> oh, wow, you got my number, kid. I like you. We're friends now. Although, and he like looks at the frog and he says... Might have to do something about the color of that frog sometime. Don't you touch Gerald. And he holds up his hands. He says, look, I know better than to touch another kid's frog. I'm just saying, I think maybe we can come up with some plans. What kind of plans? And like a mischievous grin spreads across his face. And he's like, frog color changing plans. And then he like leans back. He's like, or something else. If you don't want to do that, that's fine. David was always telling me I'm always pushing my schemes on people. Who's David? Um, and, uh, his, his face kind of falls, uh, and his hands just kind of lower and he kind of puts them back in his pockets. Uh, and he says, Oh, um, uh, David was my, uh, was, was my big brother. Yeah. Where's he now? Um, and she does not pick up on the nuances. No, I understand. <laughs> uh, they're kids. This is how kids talk. Yeah. Um, he just kind of looks down and he says, um, he, um, Mom and dad said um, that he was going to go be a hero. Um, 
And uh, then they said that um, he he did something real nice uh, and uh, real good. And he he, uh, he protected a lot of people, you know, like uh, like like a like a like a fireman protects people, um, but like really far away. And uh, I don't really understand. But um, anyway, now I, I kind of have all this stuff um, and I, I kind of wish I, I had him instead. Uh, and uh, my parents kind of yell uh, at each other a lot now. Um, I don't think, I don't think they knew he wasn't going to come home. I think they thought he was just going on like a vacation or a trip or something. Um, but um, it's not, it's not great anymore. Uh, and for the first time, uh, you notice uh, the uh, the bruises on his arm. Uh, well, then this is a kid that needs saving in her mind. Uh, and like she might not be able to punch adults, but like yet. they can certainly yet yet, but they can certainly create a reality in which they can pretend to, and they can be big and strong in their minds. So I think she's going to um, uh, she's going to spit again in her hand, and hold it right out again, and just say, "Benny, was it?" Yeah, little Benny Jones. Well, my parents. You know, they yell at me, too. And uh, why don't you and I create a world where that doesn't happen anymore? Uh, And uh, that mischievous grin spreads across his face again. And he says, you know, kid, that sounds like my kind of world. And he spits in his hand again and uh, he shakes it. And as he's giving you the the, the wide grin and like the confident handshake, um, you just see that glint. Of, of like true desperate gratitude that you only ever really see when someone is like very legitimately grateful uh, to you for something you've done. And that means a lot to you. Uh, however, as that's happening, it suddenly dawns on you that now you have a friend and this, this is uncharted territory. So uh, it's the next day you're on your way to school. It's, it's an odd sort of day. Um. You have promised this kid, Benny, that you're going to help him create a world where you're big and strong and where you can fight things. And you have no fucking clue how to go about that. But you have a whole day to figure it out. You just need to buy yourself some time by talking quickly, some kind of fast talk, if you will. Um, that's uh, something you've been working on with the frogs because sometimes they get real out of line. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're thinking about this um, when uh, you trip uh, and stumble Um and uh, as you do so, you hear a yelp, uh, which is not something that traditionally accompanies a stumble, uh, particularly because it didn't come out of you. Uh, and it's only as uh, you kind of take a couple of staggering, stumbling steps forward um, that you realize uh, you've tripped over a kid uh, who is on the ground. Hmm. Um, Addy, uh, you've been saving stamps for a very important item. <laughs> You read about it in one of your comic books. It was on the back page. And uh, you've always liked mysteries. You've always liked to, to sort of sort through things. Um, so when you heard about the Ambrosia Society secret decoder ring, you knew that you had to have it. Unfortunately, it requires an awful lot of stamps. And though the Diesel family is very wealthy from their uh, burgeoning industry in uh, coveralls, uh, although your dad is getting kind of frustrated with doing the whole like top part in the loops, and he's thinking about just cutting it off, but your mom hates that idea. She thinks it's real stupid and will never catch on. Um, 
So you've been going around and uh, logically, of course, if other kids do not require their stamps for surely getting enough stamps to order an ambrosia ring will be uh, quite difficult. You figure you might actually in your own way, be able to logic con them out of their stamps because they can't get enough stamps, but if they give you the stamps, then you might be able to, if you get all the stamps and then honestly, you can just decode whatever they need decoded. And maybe just maybe that's how you can start making friends over and above old stinky Donovan, who admittedly, is an interesting fella, but you could use some friends your own age because you've been told that's very important for a growing boy. Uh, unfortunately, you've just been kicked in the ribs uh, by someone who didn't notice you and has stumbled over you. Uh, you look to see um, a, uh, uh, a redheaded kid turn around and kind of glower at you uh, for, for getting in her way. Um, but you realize she didn't intentionally kick you, which is a step up from that mean Devin Carroll, who has been really just giving you trouble ever since you moved to this school. Um, so what do you say to this mysterious kid who just tripped over you? Just to be clear, how old are we, Tom? This is, uh, you are you are young. Uh, I believe our previous adventure, you were like eight or so. So you're kind of like in that ballpark. Um, by the time uh, the church incident happens and everything else, you're about 13. Um, okay, so you're, cool. you're older by then, but this is still like young. Okay, so young Addy's voice pitched a little higher then. Voice hasn't changed, though it changed early. So you get the old man vibe in the young man body. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm just like, oh my, that was quite a kick you gave me. What what are you doing on the ground? There was a stamp, and I desired stamps for uh, investigatory purposes. Uh, Do you have stamps that you are not making use of? For I am Adrian Diesel. The stamp boy, uh, and he's not crazy about this cell, even as he makes it, but he's not a good improviser, and we all know this about him. You're weird. Only if I don't have stamps. (laughs) Why are you collecting stamps? Because if I receive enough stamps, I can get the Ambrosia decoder ring and decode messages coming from across the world. What? I know, I know, I know. Do you have stamps to contribute to Stamp Boy's adventures? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't have the mummy right now. Like, maybe my parents get stamps. Like, I see they get letters and stuff. But, like, what do these messages do? Do these messages, like, like make us cool and, like, powerful? And, 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 and is it really exciting? Or is it, like, lame kind of messages? I would theorize, based on my research... 20% the thing you are excited about and 80% the other thing. However, I could filter those messages. I am an excellent filterer. I am a good researcher. I just need someone who can either give me stamps or who has what they call in the paperbacks fast fingers to claim stamps in a way that will never be traced because I do not want to go to jail and be called Stamp Boy in jail. Uh, I don't want to go to jail, but like, I'm pretty sure I can like steal stuff. Um, like that's, uh, you know, I've done, I've done that before. Um, just like, don't, don't. And she like holds up a fist, like, like she doesn't really mean it, but she's trying to be intimidating. And she's like, well, don't tell my parents that I've done that. Uh, but if you don't tell my parents, then, uh, I can see if I can steal their stamps. And then you give me that 20%. I believe your threat because... You kicked me for nothing, so I can only imagine what you'll do for me doing something against you. I didn't kick you for nothing. You were in the middle of the road. I agree to your suggestion of forming a cabal. 
What what do we call ourselves? Uh, and she'll like look at her fist. Uh, <laughs> uh he'll uh, look at the Ambrosia Dakota ring thing, which says solve mysteries. <laughs> Something uh uh the the punchers. Oh, perhaps because our purpose is mystery solving, we could be the mystery punchers. That's so cool. My only problem with this idea is we began with a kick. Uh, he just trails <laughs> off. Yeah. Uh, so Red, uh, Tracy rather, you find yourself now with two friends. Uh, they're, they're multiplying. Uh, you don't know much about math, but you understand this. Um, Adrian is now over your shoulder constantly and is oh. basically just like following you around, spouting off science facts. Uh, no, not literally, but just like, lurking. like oh, yeah, okay. just, just, he's just like over, like just yeah. like slightly behind you. Um, and, uh, you realize that you've picked up a shadow, um, that, uh, for some reason, this, this kid seems real, like his, his brain and your, your fist seem to be a good combination. And, um, uh, shortly after, um, uh, making it into school, um, you meet up with Benny, um, who is immediately fascinated, uh, by the new addition to your team. And, um, uh, Addy, he just looks you up and down and says, Oh, Hey, kid, are you? Are you part of our secret new world? Ah, uh, yes. The mystery punchers. Yes, yes. I have joined the cabal. Cabal. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, uh, I, uh, oh, I, I'm Benny. I'm not Tracy's cousin. And he, he spits in his hand. He holds it out to you. I'm Adrian. I'm here for stamps. He'll say not <laughs> extending you his hand. you got to do find- a spit shake. And you gotta do it. A what? A spit shake. I don't. It's how you join the mystery punchers. We gotta. We gotta all do it. But I thought I was in because you kicked me and then threatened to punch me, and I could solve the mysteries. Hey, wait a second. If you kicked him, shouldn't we be the mystery kickers? No, I don't want. Like, I'm much better at punching than I am at kicking. Yeah, all right. I'm not just saying it's a logical inconsistency. They say. All right, listen, kid. And he like wipes his spit off on his shirt. He says, look, there's still some on my hand uh, and there's none on your hand. So this seems like a good compromise, as they say. Um, so what do you what do you say? We, we just shake like this. OK, uh, and he'll just he'll do it. But when he's done, he'll take out like a monogrammed handkerchief yeah, and yeah, wipe yeah. off his hand and then throw the handkerchief out. He's got like two more. He's he's yeah. he's handkerchief rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just throw one of those Vincent Diesel, uh, your father, uh, handkerchiefs that you stole from him. Even when he's done with them, you know. Um, Just a swatch of denim. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's so gross. Just blow your nose, your entire face turns red. Yeah, he, um, he's never understood why people laugh when they read the monogram VD, and he just gets to give people VD. But it's it's beyond Adrian, but not beyond the world, you know? Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, Benny turns to leave and then he just like full on stops and spins around and like sticks his finger in your face and steps in like, again, uncomfortably close Adrian. And he just says, wait a minute. Did I hear you say you're looking for stamps? Yes. I, I am hunting for an ambrosia decoder ring to allow me to solve mysteries, providing the mystery part of Tracy's punching cabal. Ambrosia yeah, decoder ring. You got to get those little monkeys, the sea monkeys. You, you, you put them in glass and they grow. No, That's no, so no, weird. Benny. Benny, we're going to get the messages and they're going to make us cool and big and powerful. Yeah. All right. But when we're cool and big and powerful, like we got to find creepy things like those monkeys. Yeah. They come in a tube and you just pour them in water. And they turn into things. I want to solve those things. But if we need the ring, 
that's yeah. fine. Look, um, my uh, my brother David, he had a bunch of stamps, and he used to get all sorts of cool stuff. He took it all with him, but uh, you can have the rest of them, I guess. And if like it'll that. help, like solve the mysteries and stuff. I will be the stampiest boy of all <laughs> stamp boys. We will have a ring. Sounds good, stamp boy. Oh, this is gonna be so great. Um, and then like uh the uh the bell rings and uh you see the uh, uh the sort of like glowering teacher uh just kind of poke his head out with kind of like long black hair and he just says Miss Jones, Mr. Diesel. And he kind of glares at Benny and he says, I'm not familiar with you, but I'm sure you're late. All three of you. Detention. Um, and then he slams the door and you make your way to class. I mean, admittedly, detention's a pretty common thing for you, Tracy. Benny does not seem to give a single fuck. Adrian, how do you feel about detention? Addie's quietly crying. That's that's <laughs> how this would play out. Just devastated. Dum Dums and Dice would like to welcome you into a world of darkness and vampires with Blood and Syrup, a Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast featuring Ryan LaPlante as the gangster Ridley Beef, Tyler Hewitt as the conflicted detective Everett Fry, and Megan Miles as the poet Iris Dunn with storyteller Tom McGee. Join these newly turned vampires as they try to take control of Montreal, but all is not as it seems. And as their humanity slowly slips away, they are forced into increasingly dangerous situations as the streets of the city run red with blood and sticky with syrup. Abandon hope, all ye who listen here. New episodes available weekly. Ha, ha, ha. The tears continue, unfortunately, uh, for the rest of the day. And uh, when you make your way to the detention hall, um, Addy, you're still like trying to hold it together, but as soon as you sit down, like as soon as you enter the room, and I think for you, this is like going to prison. It's just like the walls are slightly whiter. The clock is slightly louder. Like the shadows are deeper and truly the world seems like it's coming to an end. Uh, Tracy, I mean, you might as well pay rent. You're here all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, uh, and yeah, Benny, Benny does, is just kind of happy. Like he's going along with it. Um, so you sit down and Adrian, uh, obviously everyone has to stay silent in, in detention. As soon as, as, uh, your denim, uh, swath butt hits the, the seat you just burst into tears um and uh slowly but surely you pull your last remaining denim vd handkerchief out um to uh wipe your tears and uh you actually hear um uh crying next to you as well uh and you turn and uh there's a little girl um with uh with like what should be like classic like golden curls um but they're kind of bedraggled because she is clearly in a state um and uh she's crying too and uh you watch her just do a full arm snot just like all the way down her arm red or tracy you notice this as well uh and you respect the hell out of it because that is like why carry a handkerchief you have nature's handkerchief built right into your arms um so she just does a full one of those uh but unlike you she looks down at it in horror and the, the tears intensify. It becomes a full body sob. Um, Adrian, what do you do? I think Addy starts to pull himself together. And he, he whispers to her. And he's like, 
Normally, I have so many VDs, but right now, it seems like you need VD more than I need VD, so I'm going to give you my VD. Uh, and he'll just give her uh, his denim swatch. Um, and uh, she kind of looks at it um, kind of the way, like, this is a horrible metaphor, but it's apt, unfortunately. Um, a bit of the way that, like, a stray animal looks at food. Like really with, with real suspicion and she clearly wants it. The snot is like rolling off uh, her arm at this point. Um, She's clearly wiped her nose on it several times. uh, And she finally just says, thank thank you for the DD, the V, the the DV, the VD. Thank you for giving me the VD. And then uh, she takes it and just like wipes, wipes her arm off with just like a look of pure disgust, which again, Adrian, you fully respect. If you didn't have VD constantly, you would also feel this, this horror around, uh, around, uh, you know, nasal instances. Um, So she wipes it off. um, And um, then she just kind of like pulls her, her knees up to her chest um, and um, continues just kind of um, quietly sob. Um, Tracy, this has been an odd sort of day for you, um, but you've discovered something, uh, which is that uh, you didn't really know what you like to be on frogs and the woods and running around. Um, but you're starting to realize that you, you do kind of like taking care of people, not in like a, you know, uh, a parental way or in a nurturing way, um, but looking at Benny, who is like trying actively to snot as much on his arm as she did, but failing and like looking at her with just like joy, like joy and in awe, like mm-hmm. she's his new hero. Um, and uh, the uh, the stamp boy who um, has has given away something that's clearly of, of great value to him. Um but already he's gone from a kid who was so oblivious that he lay down in like the middle of the street to try and pick up a stamp to someone who's actively taking care of others. Um, and to this girl who is clearly new at school, you've never seen her before. Um, she unfortunately ticks a lot of boxes for you for like, do not want to talk to like, she's in an incredibly simple, but um, incredibly feminine dress. Um, and clearly like, again, from the hair um, she's not wearing makeup because she's too young, but like, you get the sense that in modern terms, she would probably almost be like a pageant kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the long sleeves and very proper, but clearly very distraught. Mm-hmm. Um, and you think maybe uh, you found someone else who who might need your help. Yeah, I feel like the entire time and and uh, like whatever the eight-year-old equivalent of like, I think I need to take care of these people mm-hmm. is. Uh, that's That's kind of what she's looking at. Like, I feel like she's found... She's found a gang that she can both be like really cool. Like she knows, you know, like she knows that everybody's going to look at her like she's really cool. Mm-hmm. And also like, yeah, maybe, maybe this can be the start of something kind of, kind of nice. Cool. So what do you do? Um, I think, is there, is there a, de- a teacher in the there room? There is. Uh, the, the, the mean, mean teacher, Mr. Rickman is, is sitting behind uh, the desk. <laughs> Um, but, uh, he does seem rather engrossed in a newspaper. Um, it's probably from yesterday because at that point, newspapers were like, (laughs) it wasn't just like, Hey, paper for everyone. So, uh, you hear him just mumbling like, Hmm, dastardly Kaiser. Hmm. (laughs) Then I think what she would do is 
kind of gesticulate to all three of them and mouth like, watch this. Um, <laughs> and she's going to creep down and do her best to creep in front of his desk and then just like pop up in front of his desk and scare him. All right. I'm going to need a stealth check, my friend. <laughs> I will roll an opposed check from Mr. Rickman. Oh, buddy, that is a three. Uh, oh. That's an extreme success. Right. Uh, all right. How does this go? Um, I think she's trying to do it in the, in the funniest way possible because I feel like she knows how to make people laugh. So mm. it's just like she gets down. She's like creeping along on her, on, um, like try, trying to walk in like a really goofy way. And just kind of looking back and be like, yeah, 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 this is going to be finally. And then she just kind of gets to the front of her desk, uh, of his desk. And I mean, if that extreme successful, let me like secretly tie his shoes together before she scares Absolutely. him. Absolutely. Yep. Great. Yeah. Then she's going to do that. She's going to tie his shoes together. And then she's just going to pop up in like big arms and just like scream at him and hope that he falls over and trips. Um, yeah. You jump up and he goes, ah um and like gets up out of his chair uh and just it it is it is the classic like high status person having physical comedy so like leaps up out of his chair bashes his knees off the inside of the desk um kind of like like folds forward onto the desk tries to catch himself goes to move a foot to support himself foot slips out from under him he bashes himself off the chair falls down um and just yells miss jones um and uh Tracy, you know you're in deep shit. So you have like two <laughs> seconds to make sure this landed. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think you turn with kind of like a, like a hey, surprise, I did it. Uh, and the girl is standing right there. Um, just, uh, you know, a, a picture kind of almost backlit by, by this room. You know, the, the pale blonde hair, the white dress, eyes sort of streaked red with tears like snotty nose that she's wiped with uh denim now so it's not great but through it all there is a a small smile uh and you can tell this is a rare thing on this kid and she just looks at you and says that that was the best thing i've ever seen and then the smile gets a bit wider and she says we should run and then she throws the vd in mr rickman's face um and with a giggle, grabs your hand and books it. Um, okay. Like Benny is like up and going, just laughing yeah. like like a jackal, like leaping across desks. Uh, Adrian, do you stay or do you get out of there? Adrian stays. He is way too scared to possibly run. He's very proud of them and thinks they're very brave. He is not moving. Tracy's <laughs> going to try to pull him out of his desk and, and drag you along. There will be a wrestling match now mm-hmm. occurring. <laughs> Where you wrestle him and he wrestles a desk. Yeah. All right. Um this is a tough role because none of you have child stats um just assume we're equivalent to our adult selves no because you're strong as an adult (laughs) um do you want me to use cats yeah let's use use caddies uh use caddies please are we just rolling uh, strength checks yep just pure strength opposed strength uh that's a success that is a hard success unlikely Uh, but it happened um, so you start to drag him and the desk, but those desks are heavy because they're from the 1920s or like okay. 1910s. So they're just, hmm. I assume, made of like asbestos, iron and asbestos. Yeah. At some um, point, these desks have to have been brand new. 
yeah, the Iron Age. Um, yeah. So uh, <laughs> they're always old. <laughs> they're always old in my head. Um, so yeah, you start to drag uh, drag him, and, and he's he's not going. Um, what do you say to to make him come with you? Um. Ooh. Uh, she says, um, uh, "We're gonna get those tips, and uh, he's gonna blame you. So let's go." What? Uh, <laughs> that's that terror is when you can successfully drag him out of the desk um, out of the room. And I think you let go, and um, Addie, as you're being pulled along, um, you kind of realize something. You're watching, like Benny slips off the desk and just like fucking bashes his face off one of the other ones. His nose yes. is bleeding, um, and he's laughing the whole time. He's having a great time. Um, Sally's at the door, just doing a full like, "Come on, come on, come on!" Uh, thing. Um, and Tracy is just desperately trying to hold them all together and, and just pulling. Um, and as you look at all of this chaos, uh, you realize that Tracy is convinced that she's the one taking care of everyone. But if you, Adrian Diesel, stamp boy, future boy genius, don't take care of them, they're all going to go to jail and be called stamp boy in jail. So reluctantly looking at the, this tiny hand, just like, clutching your incredibly nice shirt um which is probably the softest thing you ever touched trace not that you noticed but um you realize like as much as she thinks she's taking care of everyone you need to take care of her um and with that uh you all book it out uh into the hall and the mystery punchers were born earlier than this in the woods there was a different odd sort of day happening and young boy Richter you came upon your sister as you often did digging Uh, Germany is fucking beautiful when it comes to woods Uh, and um, there's a reason that you know the black forest and everything kind of have given birth to so many myths and fables and Obviously, both of you were familiar with with these stories, and um, uh, Ingrid would often tell you these stories um, as the two of you kind of, uh, you know, huddled up in, I assume, like, probably the one, I'm imagining it was probably like, I assume you kind of grew up in like a small cottage. Would that be fair to say, do you think? Yeah, we grew up on a farm. Yeah. So, you know, um, it was a life of hard work, uh, and there wasn't a lot of time for frivolity. Uh, and certainly your parents were not fans of frivolity, um, particularly when the harvest had to come in. But um, I think she took care of you by, uh, and you took care of her by telling each other stories. And whether there were stories you'd heard in town um, when you, you took the livestock in uh, to sell, um, or just from, you know, the tavern where, you know, your father was unfortunately a, a bit too, too frequent a patron. Sometimes you'd both be kind of stuck under a table uh, listening. Um, but all these stories happen in the woods. And so whenever there was time, she would sneak away uh, into the woods to dig. And today is an odd sort of day because she has, it like chores begin soon. The sun is about to rise. The air is cold and crisp. Um, as much as you would have liked to continue um, reading the book that you, you've started to read, um, you realized you had to get her before your father realizes she isn't there for chores. So you find her digging. Um, and as you approach, um, she just says over her shoulder, ah, 
my little owl, I think I've found something. Um, and she kind of like waves to you. You can see um, she has, uh, she's digging in the dark. Um, there's a burnt down candle, which is also like going to get you both in tremendous amounts of shit. Um, I'm curious, Richter, at this point, um, she's going to get in a ton of trouble, but you might not. How committed is Richter to getting Ingrid out of this? Um, I think, I think he came here specifically to be like, you got to get back. Like it, we are, the sun's coming up and, and we have a lot of work to do. You can't be, you can't be found out out here kind of thing. But upon coming across her with the candle and digging, I think he is also kind of enraptured enraptured he's like in 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 very interested in what Mm -hmm. she's Mm -hmm. she's doing now um the possibilities of what she might have found out here in the forest start to start to like snap to mind great um so um what do you think richter does i think he starts off sounding stern i think he says uh ingrid uh and and kind of stomping he's you know he goes to the light and he sees her leaning over uh, a hole that she's dug. Is, has she dug it with her hands or with a yes. tool? Yeah, with yeah. her hands. And you can see there are a bunch of holes around. Yeah. She's clearly been digging in a bunch of different areas. Yeah, um, kind of badly. So he kind of looks as, around as you know, kids do, and says, uh, "Have have you found something?" Um, and she just turns um, and kind of gives you uh, like a lopsided smile. Um, just pushing like with dirty hands, like just her, her hair, like out of her face. Um, she'd attempted a bun, but like at this point, it's just really uh, yeah. fallen apart. Um, Ingrid's never been one to care too, too much about that sort of thing. Um, and uh, she just says, brother, I think I have found everything here, here, come here. Um, and as there. you approach, um, you notice that the ground is glowing. Um, and, uh, she kind of turns to you and you realize the candle, uh, the light you've been seeing is, is not from the candle. The candle is in fact out. And, um, she just says, I, I believe it is one of the stones. The rune stones. A rune stone. And I, I, I want to see, I want, I want to see it. I want to hold it. Um, amazing. So the two of you begin to dig. Uh, and the light becomes uh, brighter and brighter. Um, and finally, she pulls some dirt away, and there's a blinding flash of green um, that leaves an afterglow in your eyes. Uh, and she reaches out to touch it. Um, she uh, sort of yelps and pulls her hand back. Uh, and she says, it is hot. What do you do? Um. I uh, I point to her her apron mm-hmm. that she's wearing. I say, "Use the apron. Put your hands in the pockets and try again." Apron, of course. And she just like leans forward and like grabs your cheek in like an aggressive like <laughs> sibling kind of mocking an adult way. Uh, and she just says, "You are so smart, my little owl." Um, and then she uh, wraps her hand in in her apron um, and uh, she puts it into the ground. Um, and uh, she pulls out uh, a stone. And the stone is now glowing more faintly now that it's been exposed. Um, and sure enough, um, there are runic glyphs carved into it. 
Um, and as you you stare, both of you enraptured uh, by by the look of this, um, you actually can feel them in your mind. Uh, it almost feels like visually as if someone were kind of like burning with a magnifying glass or a, a laser kind of into the back of your head, um, these images. But of course, laser is not really being a thing um, at that point in our <laughs> Pulp Cthulhu land. Um, you just see them. Um, when you close your eyes, you can see them perfectly. And they immediately begin to fade as the, the light of the stone fades. Um, but this was the first time that you were touched by the mythos. And in that moment, your, your world changed and the trajectory of your life changed because having glimpsed even just the vaguest hint of what lay beyond, uh, the banality of plowing fields and slopping out pens uh, would no longer contain you. Um, or Ingrid, who stares almost hungrily at it, um, Richter, you you break off from staring at it, realizing that something is happening, something is changing for you, but also recognizing that something with power is occurring. Um, and you look to Ingrid, who continues to stare, bringing it closer and closer to her face uh, until her whole face is lit with the dying green glow of the stones. And... Um, I assume, would you just watch or would you try and, and pull her away from it? Would you say her name? Or would I, would, you just I, would, I would call out to her. I would mm-hmm. say, uh, Ingrid. Ingrid. And looking at the stone, she just whispers, and a grin spreads across her face. Uh, and the glow of the stone ceases. And she turns to you, smiles and says, Brother. It is all real. And we, you and I, we will uncover it. Yes? Yeah. Yeah, we will. Then you hear, Kinder! Uh, and oh shit. It's oh, time to get back to it. Um, and the two of you just like immediately like tuck the stone away. She secrets it into her apron, um, grabs your hand, and uh, the two of you run back uh, to face down a belt and then a hard day of labor. But that night, sore as you are, neither of you can sleep because you know that somewhere, something lies dreaming. This is how the Mystery Punchers were born. Now approaching a desolate church in Helmfirth, the Mystery Punchers will die. This episode of the Mythos Mysteries features the voices of Ryan the Plant at the Ryan the Plant on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, and Keeper Tom McGee at McGee TD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra. And the Mythos Mysteries show logo was created by Decapitated Marker. At Decapitated Marker on Twitter, that's M-R-K-R. Our theme songs are Dark Alleys and Sentinel by Kai Engel. And our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar. J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. 
and all of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are Dum Dum Dice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. All hail the mythos. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, the half-blind prophet. Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby. One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield. Lord Abradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Anna Zed, Eric Williams, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Acrix, Cameron Ezel, Grandma Likes D&D, Austin Nut Powers Fry, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Where am I? Welcome to Desert Skies, Traveler. Your journey through the physical plane has come to an end. I am the attendant. My colleague here is the mechanic. Yo! This is your last stop on your way to the great beyond. It's our job to make sure you're prepared for the ride. Now, before hitting the road, we have an impressive selection of over 34 varieties of microwavable burritos. Um, what, what? What's going on? There's got to be a better afterlife than this. I mean, come on! Uh, that's offensive. Something seems to be wrong with me. You left something major undone. I have a life outside of this gas station, you know. You quite literally do not. Any hobbies? Nope. Ever travel? Nope. Love interests? Are you kidding? Oh my god. You're like the human version of a plain bagel. Cash register. How can I help you, attendant? Play some music? You got it. It's kind of funny, though. What I needed wasn't back there. It was here, waiting for me. I wonder what it feels like, Mac, to miss the physical plane, the people you left behind. You know, I had a wife who died three years ago. Wish I could go back. No, you don't need to go back. You just need to be here. And a new traveler approaches. Ready, team? Ready. Good. Let's do this. Find Desert Skies wherever you listen to podcasts.